The Zvol podcast is a casual conversation that occasionally delves into mature subjects and may contain vulgar adult language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Z-Ball Podcast, recording this on a Wednesday night, six days away from the start of the 2019-2020 NBA regular season, and like we do uh, every season for the last three years, we go over the over-under win predictions for all 30 NBA teams. Yesterday, me and Akshay did the Eastern Conference. Tonight, uh, we'll be doing the Western Conference over-unders. Joining me today, live in studio here with me. We got Laker fan rebound. What are you doing? What's up, rebound? How you doing? What it do? What it do? I'm doing great. How about you, Zebo? Doing well. So me and Akshay had a good show yesterday with the Eastern Conference, but today we're gonna be going over the loaded Western Conference. So let's get straight into it. We're gonna start off in the Southwest Division. The first team we're gonna look at is the Dallas Mavericks. Over under forty and a half wins. This is a really tough one. I really like the Dallas Mavericks going into the season. I'm a big fan of Kristaps Porzingis, as Michael Rappaport refers to him as Tingus Pingus. And Luka Doncic look really good. But I'm going to go under her. And uh, I think that's the West is just too deep. And this is, a, this, this is a, definitely a, a team of the future. They have a bright future, and I love their owner, Mark Cuban. Okay, yeah, I mean, here, uh, Cuban uh, loses, and the Mavericks lose uh, Dirk Nowitzki, uh, a European-German guy for that was on their team for over 20 seasons. Uh, lots of all-star appearances, lots of playoff appearances, one title with him at the helm as the best player, and now they reign in a new era, obviously drafting Luka Doncic last year in 2018, and now trading for... Kristaps Porzingis, so they have a dynamic European duo moving into the future, moving forward into the future, and hopefully another uh, title team for them uh, in the near future for similar to what Dirk Nowitzki did, but it's just kind of unbelievable how, how that kind of played out, and obviously here, 40 and a half, I think this is right of, kind of about where they're going to be at. I'm going to go over here. I think they're going to compete for the eighth eighth and final spot in the western conference i, I think there's they're a definitely above 500 team in my opinion i'm gonna go 42 43 wins for the dallas mavericks i i think luke is gonna continue to be excellent just like he was last season in his rookie year and chris taps i think he's gonna come back healthy from the injury that sidelined him for all of last season and a decent amount of the 2017 2018 season as well so I think he's gonna be he's gonna play well, and I think they're gonna be able to click together because they they're both spread the floor well, and then they're both very fundamentally sound players, very good jump shooters, and they both play contrary to most Europeans. They both play typically kind of physical as well, so they're not the physicality doesn't really bother them. So 
I think that's going to be a big plus for Dallas moving into the future with these two at the helm. And for sure, it's going to be an uh, exciting season to watch both of these guys. And I think they're going to go slightly over in the Southwest Division. And I think they're going to be fighting for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. All right, so we disagree on that one. We'll move on to team number two in the Southwest Division. This is the Houston Rockets. They have the highest over-under win prediction in the Western Conference going into the season. Over-under 54 wins, rebound. What do you think? You know, this is a really tough one. I mean, obviously adding Russell Westbrook is a big thing. Uh, Getting rid of Chris Paul was a positive, but you just don't know how these two are going to fit in. And news just broke the other day that Gerald Green is out for the season. And they extended Eric Gordon, but... I'm going to go uh, over on this one. I think they're going to... Actually, under. It's a really tough. I'm going 53. Uh, this team is going to be good. But I'm going under at 53. Yeah, here uh, with the Rockets, I think they're definitely a top five team in the Western Conference. I don't know why they have the highest over-under win total going into the season. Maybe just because of their continuity with outside of Russell Westbrook with some of the other guys they have there with... Eric Gordon, Gerald Green, Clint Capella. And they have a few new guys, obviously the biggest one being Russell Westbrook coming over in the trade for Chris Paul. And then James Harden obviously put together a excellent, superb season again last year, coming second in the MVP voting. I think he's going to be ball out again, but this is kind of going to be a tough... Uh, tough thing for Westbrook, uh, kind of adapting back to... Or, Tough thing for Harden, excuse me, adapting back to playing alongside Russell Westbrook uh, back when they haven't been teammates in over seven seasons. So I think it's really going to be tough. And James Harden's touches are definitely going to go down for sure. And I don't know how they're going to kind of react to that. I mean, we've never seen Westbrook in his entire career really take a backseat to anyone. Uh, He kind of slightly did last season to Paul George when Paul George was just balling out before his uh, shoulder injuries kind of hampered his MVP hopes. But uh, I think it's, it's going to be a little tough because, I mean, what the Rockets had before was just a lot of guys who could spread the floor, shoot threes, and I don't know if uh, getting Russell Westbrook is really going to help that or, uh, or going to deter that. I think it's going to deter that more just because they're going to be a lot more ball-centric Two guys are going to be ball-centric. There's going to be a lot of stagnation in their offense, I think, more than there was in prior seasons when the ball was just flowing. And I think it's going to be tough, but they do have a, the the good core, the continuity still with most of the other guys other than Chris Paul that was traded for Russell Westbrook. And I still think they're a 50-win team, 50-51 wins, I think, for this team, but I definitely think they're under the 54. All right, so... We'll move on to team number three, the Southwest Division. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. Over under 27 wins rebound. What do you think? Definitely going under her. This is just a rebuilding team. Obviously, drafting Morant was the right right move. And they they traded for Iguodala, but he's not going to be there. They have uh, Marcus Gasol. No, not Marcus Gasol. The other guy, Jonas Valanciunas. And they're just building around that. And this team is definitely not not going anywhere. They might be the worst team in the West, honestly. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, only really excitement here is to see how the duo of Jaron Jackson and John Morant play together. Hopefully, obviously Memphis is hoping that they can become one of the more elite duos moving forward in the Western Conference for them. But that's really the only thing here. And I'm going to have to agree with the rebound here and go under with the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they're going to be 25 wins, 24 wins, but... Not much really to say about this team other than they're super young and they got a lot of other kind of like journeyman guys. No one that really moves the needle other than their two young guys and Jaron Jackson Jr. and John Morant. So we'll see how they click, how they move through their growing pains, but not much else to really say about this team. So we'll move on to team number four in the Southwest Division, which is the New Orleans Pelicans getting a lot of buzz over under 39 and a half wins rebound what do you think i'm definitely going over here the most interesting team to watch this season obviously everyone i mean everyone and their mom wants to see zion and they obviously traded anthony davis and everyone everyone said like they got the number one pick they can keep davis now i mean that was a blessing in disguise i mean keeping davis would be bad they got three young players and then they 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 signed J.J. Redick and a couple other players, and they have Drew Holiday there. It's going to be a fun team to watch. I'm going over, but I don't think they make the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what uh, all the excitement is about the Pelicans. Yeah, they have a lot of young guys, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball. Obviously, Zion is going to ball out. But, I mean, other than maybe Etwan Moore and J.J. Redick and... Drew Holiday, this is a super young team. A lot of really lack of experience here with with a lot of these young guys. And even we saw with the the guys that came over from the Lakers, uh, Ball, Ingram, Hart. When LeBron went out last season, they really struggled to kind of win games down the stretch. They made a lot of stupid mistakes. Uh, obviously, a lot of people said Brandon Ingram was kind of hampered by LeBron. He was not really did not really benefit from being teammates with LeBron just because uh, he his touches were reduced. But even when LeBron went out, uh, I, I was not super impressed with kind of Brandon Ingram's game. I mean, I think he needs to put on uh, some strength and definitely develop some strength to kind of have some long-term success in, in, this, in the league. And then Zion, the only thing I worry about with this, this guy, Zion, I, I saw him in the summer league the first 10 minutes he played and he kind of bumped knees and that was it for him for the summer league. And that was a big bummer to all the fans, but (laughs) he had four dunks before that. And then the thing I worry about with him is just him staying in shape, uh, (laughs) keeping a good diet, because I think if he's kind of at that 300 pound mark, I think that's not really going to be good for his knees, kind of the cartilage in his knees, pounding that, the, 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 the basketball floor back back and forth with the kind of style that he's going to be playing and nobody on this team really thus far in their career is a true alpha alpha dog type player even zion might be the closest and even he's not there at the nba level yet so jj reddick obviously he said to zion uh don't fuck this up for me i've been to the playoffs 13 straight times but i think uh this is uh, where it ends for you, JJ. I, I don't think the New Orleans Pelicans are making the playoffs this season. I'm, I think they're going to be a 36-37 win team. But they're, they're going to be super exciting to watch just because all the young talent. And Zion is going to be amazing. He's going to have a lot of sports center, top 10 uh, plays, top 10 dunks. So that's going to be exciting to watch. But as far as substance goes, uh, 
making the playoffs, I don't think that's going to happen for them this season. All right, we'll disagree on that one and move on to the last team in the Southwest Division, the San Antonio Spurs, over under 45.5 rebound. This is a really tough one also, you know. The Spurs are always good, you know, and just you just don't know what to expect out of this team. I mean, obviously their best player is DeRozan, right? Or do I have that wrong? DeRozan or Aldridge? I mean, you can yeah, take I'll your take pick. Yeah, I'll take DeRozan. Aldridge is, I'm not going to go with him. And then, I mean, they had some issues with Morris and his contract. I mean, I don't know what really happened there. And then he went to New York, so he pretty much bailed on them. And then I forgot the white guy's name, uh, 45, that they had to let go because of that. And Greg Popovich was really mad. Davis Bertans? Yeah. There we go. And then, uh, But I'm going to go uh, under on this one. And I think San Antonio is like the seventh seed in the West. Okay. Seventh seed. I, I think they're going to be fighting for the eighth seed, but I'm definitely going to have to agree with you on the under for 45 and a half. I think they're going to, around 43, 42 wins. I think they're going to be fighting alongside Dallas for that eighth seed, in my opinion. But obviously the big wrinkle for the Spurs is seeing how uh, DeJounte Murray, their young point guard, kind of fits back into things. He missed all last season. And then they have a pretty good young backcourt, uh, hopefully for the future for them, in, in Murray and Derek White. And then you got your veteran guys in DeRozan and Aldridge who are as we've seen throughout their entire career, are very uh, mid-range centric. And then Rudy Gay in there uh, as well. He's not <laughs> some somewhat flashy as he used to be in his young career, but he can still give you good minutes. And they got some other guys, veteran guys, who will kind of thrive in the culture of Greg Popovich. So I think the main concern for this team, I think, really from in their starting lineup, I mean... It's three-point shooting. I don't know how you can really get through today's NBA without three-point shooting. And their best three-point shooters are all off the bench and Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes, some of those guys. So that doesn't really bode well for for them, in my opinion, when all their best uh, three-point shooters in today's game are off the bench. So I think just because of the culture of San Antonio and that – Greg Popovich has built the discipline there. They'll be a very well-coached team and very disciplined defensively, offensively, but I don't think they have enough talent to make a splash this season. I'm going to go under and agree with the rebound. 42-43 wins. All right, so that'll wrap it up for the Southwest Division. We're going to move now into the Northwest Division. The first team we're going to take a look at is the Denver Nuggets. Over under 53. What do you think? Denver Nuggets definitely going over. I'm really high on this team. I'm a huge fan of Jamal Murray. And we all know what the Joker can do. And this team is definitely going over. They can be the number one seed possibly. I'm really high on this team. Okay, so I mean Denver obviously losing the semifinals last season in seven games uh, to Portland. I mean, what do we see from uh, Michael Porter Jr. coming back from the injury he missed all last season? He's still going to be a rookie because he, he he did not play at all last season. Is he a possible challenger for Zion in that Rookie of the Year race? Uh, hell no. Zion's taking that. None at all. None at all. Okay, so for, for Denver to hit that over and you said be kind of one of the better teams in the West, 
who has to kind of make that leap? Obviously, we've seen Nikola Jokic already kind of become a bona fide superstar. Who else on that team needs to kind of make that big time leap, kind of similar to kind of LeBron, Dwayne Wade in their second, third seasons? I don't know. I think it's it's gonna be Murray. He's still he's he's good, but he's not great yet. And I think that's gonna be the main the main person. I don't, I don't really. I'm possibly Beasley too. And I mean, I I think they should trade Millsap. I think he's a good veteran, but I think they could get a lot for him, and they're probably gonna let him walk soon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I really like uh, their young core with. Their duo, young duo of Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, I I think they're both going to improve their game. And Jokic, at some point, he can kind of get away with it now at age 24. But he's at some point going to stop eating at Cheesecake Factory, those Caesar salads that he keeps eating. And he's going to kind of thin out and lean out for sure. I mean, if, if he wants to be have some sort of longevity and elongated type prime in the NBA. And then Jamal Murray, 22, I think... He has good size. He's super quick. He's athletic, and I just I just see him going upward and upward from here. And then they got good role guys around them in Tory Craig, Malik Beasley, Will Barton, Millsap, the veteran guy, and then off the bench some guys like Mason Plumley. So good all around team. And Michael Malone has kind of built a good culture there, and they're building continuity and kind of building something special hopefully for the Denver fans and I think this is a 55-56 win team somewhere in the top three for sure in the Western Conference so we'll agree on that one and we'll move on to team number two in the Northwest it's the Minnesota Timberwolves over under 35 and a half wins what do you think rebound uh this team is definitely going under this team sucks uh obviously they traded Jimmy Butler last season and uh, they have, they're building around Carl Anthony Towns now. He's the main piece. And Andrew Wiggins is just like, I don't know what what way they explain it. Like, they had to pay him because they didn't want to let him walk. They used the number one pick on him after trading for Kevin, for Ke- away Kevin Love. And they just overpaid him. And now he's just like, uh, he's just full as gold. And I mean, like, he's been a, I wouldn't call him a bust, but not what he was expected. And... This team is not going anywhere. Definitely under the West is way too deep. Yeah, I mean, this is a team, uh, a big kind of stark contrast from where they started last season with all that drama with Jimmy Butler and him kind of not appreciating the work ethic of their their other young guys and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. And to now this season, coming into it, not much expectations, uh, over under a 35 and a half, and then... uh, if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember a few seasons ago, there was a real conversation of who the top big man was going to be moving forward between Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis, and that was a serious conversation. And then now it's really gone downhill from then since then for Carl Anthony Towns. His defense has really slipped. Uh, offensively, he has some flashes here and there, but his consistency is really lacking. And then the same can be said for Andrew Wiggins as well. Uh, not a good work ethic, according to Jimmy Butler, and he's been super inconsistent as well, and has not blossomed into what he was uh, kind of hyped up to be uh, when he was in his freshman year at Kansas. So it's kind of been really kind of been a disappointment from when when he got drafted, and uh, now in his 
I think his fifth, sixth season in the league. So, so it's really just a lot of kind of uh, young guys here, not really much else other than those two young guys, kind of a lot of journeyman guys. And only other, like, solid guy I think there is Robert Covington. He's a good 3 and D guy. He's one of the better defenders in the league. And for sure he's going to be probably in the all-defensive first or second team again. So that's really the only other guy aside from Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins that's really intriguing about this team, but not much to be excited about. A lot more exciting teams in their division and in the Western Conference. So I'll agree with you, Rebound. I think this is a 31-31 team, and I'm going to go on the under for sure. Our team number three in the Northwest, Oklahoma City Thunder, over under 32. What do you think? Uh, this is really close. I mean... Obviously, this summer, I mean, I expected them to break up the Paul George and Russell Westbrook, but I didn't expect them to trade both of them. Obviously, that's the fucking headline, but, I mean, this team is really good. I mean, you still have Steven Adams. You added Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who I'm a huge fan of. Chris Paul is still good. He can lead the team, but who knows if he'll be there. You added Gallinari. You still have Schroeder. And this team looks this team looks good, but I don't know which direction they want to go in. But I'm gonna go over on this one. I, I like this team. I think it's a very underrated team. Okay, I mean, obviously they went a complete overhaul after unloading uh, Paul George for the that bevy of picks that they got from the Clippers. That they just decided that they were gonna kind of uh, unleash, unload everything, and then start over. And then they ended up trading the second-worst contract in the NBA for the third-worst contract in the NBA in Chris Paul's. So any possibility that uh, anyone kind of uh, Chris Paul garners interest from anyone? I mean, it, obviously they want to trade him for sure, but what what price are they willing to give him up? And then is there anyone willing to take on that big contract of his? I mean, yeah, there's obviously interest, but... Every team that wants him wants a first-round pick, and obviously the Thunder don't want to give that because they're not going to be good, and that's going to be probably a top five, top ten pick. I mean, like, I mean, it's just what 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 do they want to do more? I mean, it's, what, I would I think he's going to end up in Miami. Okay, so what does that package kind of look like coming up from Miami? Is it like Justice Winslow and a pick, or probably Goran Dragic? Goran Dragic, really? I mean, <laughs> Oklahoma City's gonna do the, give up Chris Paul for that. They just want to get rid of the contract. Goran Dragic or an, and a pick, or just Goran Dragic? They're gonna have. They're gonna get Chris Paul in a pick. They're gonna give up Chris Paul in a pick. I mean, Goran Dragic is the main piece because he doesn't have that many years left on his contract. Okay, but I mean, who else are they going to kind of throw in to match the salaries and stuff? I don't stuff? know. Goran Dragic is the main piece. I really don't know any people off. Goran Dragic, okay. I would think Oklahoma City's not really making that trade unless they get one of that those young assets from Miami, either Adebayo or Justice Winslow, in my opinion. So I don't know. I don't think they they're gonna make that trade they're just probably just ride it out at that point with chris paul the three seasons he does have left on his contract or whatever it may be but i mean what is their kind of their starting lineup going to be oklahoma city it's going to be what chris paul shea gilgis alexander stephen adams gallinari yeah 
And who's probably the third? Jeremy Grant or something? Yeah, or? something like that. You can just put one of those one of those goes in. Okay, so I mean, what I mean, what any chance, any shot at the playoffs for this team? What do you think? None at all. None at all. I, I okay. like this team, but none at all. I have no interest in them making the playoffs. None at all. Okay, yeah, I mean, for sure, I don't think they're a playoff team. They're probably like a nine, ten seed or something. But for sure, I think I don't know how this is so low at thirty two. I think Chris Paul with some other kind of scrappy defensive guys and Gilgis Alexander, uh, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams is going to be kind of a, a good a good look for them. And I think they're going to be scrappy and win a, win some games here and there. And I think they're going to be go over the thirty two for sure. I think probably thirty six, thirty seven, but they're unfortunately going to miss out on the playoffs and then. They might trade Chris Paul if they find the right package for him during the season, but we'll see what happens with that. Okay, so we'll agree on that one, and we'll move on to team number four in the Northwest Division, the Portland Trailblazers, over under 46.5 wins. What do you think, rebound? Definitely going over here. I like this team. They added Hassan Whiteside, big addition. And obviously still have Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. I'm going to get Yusuf Nurkic back. And I like this team. The West is deep, but I still like them. I'm going over. Yeah, I think this is a team that, I mean, they've proven kind of just kind of proven people wrong. I mean, everyone kind of counts them out every year, every year. But every year here they are back in the, in the thick of things. I think they're... They're going to be there again this season in the playoffs, but they'll probably be around like five, six seeds, something like that. But I think they're going to win 48 games, 48, 49, something like that. I think they'll be probably the sixth seed in the West just because of how much the other teams have improved in, in, in the West. But that kind of uh, combo they have with Lillard and McCollum, that's proven really good for them in the regular season for sure. They obviously run into trouble in the playoffs all, all the time just because uh, their two stars are small guys who can't really play defense. They're just one-sided type guys. And then but they're big guys. Obviously, they got Zach Collins still, Yusuf Nurkic, and then Hassan Whiteside coming over. Let's see. Maybe he can get a little rejuvenated with the trade and maybe uh, give them a bit of a spark off the bench. But we'll see how that kind of plays out, his kind of personality and stuff. But they definitely have uh, a good long-tenured coach there in Terry Stott, so a lot of continuity there as well with their core, and that's served them well in terms of the regular season the last four or five seasons, and I think that will do. it will be the same again, and I'm going to agree with you and go over. All right, and we're down to the last team in the Northwest Division, Utah Jazz, another team getting a lot of hype going into the... 2019-2020 season over under 53 and a half wins what do you think rebound i really don't know what to think of this team obviously adding mike county was a huge deal and still have donovan mitchell and rudy gobert those are your three main pieces but I, i'm gonna have to go under her and uh, i think that they're gonna finish with like 51 50 wins and that, that's what i'm thinking fourth in the west Okay, yeah, I mean, for sure, I think they're going to be fourth or fifth in the West. I mean, kind of fighting that between those seeds with Houston. Uh, 
Over here, obviously, the big signing is Mike Conley, and everyone is really excited about this team for some reason. I think uh, they traded for Conley, didn't they? I think so. I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Probably. Oh, yeah, they traded Jay Crowder. That's right. Yeah, they traded for... It was a package around Jay Crowder. They traded for Mike Conley. That was the big get for them. And then they also signed Boyan Bogdanovich. Yeah. So yeah. their starting lineup is going to be Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Boyan Bogdanovich, Joe Ingles, and Rudy Gobert. So, I mean, what we've seen from this team in prior seasons is that they really run kind of a slow pace and they kind of let their defense kind of dictate kind of uh, their style of play. They like to slow things down for sure. And I don't know that they've really increased their offensive pace all that much by signing Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich. Obviously, Boyan is a really good signing because I think he's going to spread the floor. And in a team-type setting, he can play good defense. And then Conley, obviously, is a good defender as well. So defensively, they're not losing much with the... uh, Departure of Derek Favors. Uh, they obviously still have the Stifle Tower there and Rudy Gobert. He kind of sets anchors the anchor of their defense. He sets everything up for them defensively. And for sure, they're still going to be rock solid there. And then all signs point to Donovan Mitchell having been the most beneficial player for to kind of benefit from the experience in the FIBA championships this summer as he kind of took over as the alpha of the team, considering all the other superstars were out that didn't want to want to attend and stuff, the, the FIBA. So it seemed like he emerged as the top guy on the team, and it's kind of really a, a good experience from what a lot of people are saying. So maybe that translates to a kind of a breakout season. A lot of people are kind of comparing him to a young Dwayne Wade. Is is that something you see, Rebound? What do you think? For who? Donovan Mitchell? Uh, hell no. This guy's going to be a Russell Westbrook. He's a... Everyone, he's flashy and everyone loves him. He's uh, he's he's definitely a little overrated. I'm I'm not a fan of this guy. He was flashy his first year and then kind of f- fell off. But he's he does all the flashy things. I'm not a fan. And he's he's not. Don't put him in the D Wade sentence. Okay, all right. Rebound. Not a fan of Donovan Mitchell, but uh, yeah, I think uh Donovan Mitchell. I think he has uh. Very similar body build to Dwayne Wade. I mean, they're obviously the same height. They had, they're both kind of, they both kind of play bigger than they really are. And but Donovan Mitchell, at his young age, was a much better shooter than Dwayne Wade was. So I mean, we'll see kind of how that translates. Uh, but I think t- he's for sure is the number one offensive guy on this team, the best player. And as Charles Barkley famously always says. They're only going to go as far as he takes them. The Utah Jazz are only going to go as far as Donovan Mitchell takes them. And I think he's going to take them to the fourth or fifth seed uh, at around 52 wins. I'm going to go under and agree with the rebound here. But they're definitely going to be kind of a little dangerous in a playoff series just because they, they can kind of change the pace and kind of rough up the game a little, slow the pace down. So I think that's kind of their secret wrinkle that they can throw in in any matchup that they uh end up in in the playoffs so that's right that's right all right so division number two down now we'll move on yeah. to the last division in the western conference the pacific division yeah. we'll start off with the golden state warriors over under 48 and a half rebound what do you think you know this one's pretty damn high obviously 
the biggest loss was losing Kevin Durant, but they did get D'Angelo Russell in the sign-in trade. And don't get me wrong, D'Angelo, but D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell's a good player, but he's no damn Kevin Durant. Uh, and another big thing, obviously, Clay Thompson tore his ACL in the finals and is out probably until March. Uh, I'm going to go under on this one. I think this team is going to mesh slowly mesh together and still be definitely be a contender once Clay gets back. But I'm going to go with like 45, 46 wins. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with the under here. Stephen Curry is going to have his touches uh, increased, his shots increased. Uh, the load, the pressure on him is going to be increased. He's going to be the lone focus of every opponent's defense going up against him. And uh, Draymond Green, uh, as we've seen in the past few seasons, has really kind of declined offensively. His shot has not as good as it once was in their first couple seasons of their five-year finals run. And Clay Thompson, obviously, if they're kind of in the thick of things uh, coming coming into March, I think he's probably going to return at that point, some point in mid-March. And then, I mean, their starting lineup is probably going to be Curry, D'Angelo Russell, Draymond Green, Kevon Looney. Who's gonna, who's probably going to be the fifth guy there? What do you think? I think they might start Willie Cauley-Stein. Willie Cauley-Stein to go along with Looney. Wow, that's a, to kind of, that's a big kind of lineup, but, I mean, we'll see. I think they might bring Looney off the bench. Okay. Small. All right. So, we'll, I mean, we'll see yeah, what happens there, but... Because of the increased workload with uh, with Curry, uh, any possibility that he kind of develops some sort of injury throughout the season? Uh, I hope not. I mean, I don't. I don't wish injury on anyone. I think he's gonna have a good season, possible MVP season, but I just don't think he can carry the team to that many wins by himself. I mean, you, I know you still have Draymond Green and D'Angelo Russell, Kevon Looney, Jordan Poole, Willie Cauley Stein, and all them, but. Yeah, uh, you, you lost Kevin Durant and Clay's hurt, so I'm still going under, and uh, I don't think he's gonna get hurt, and I hope he doesn't get hurt. Okay, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's even aside from the departure of Kevin Durant is much different from last season. I mean, obviously losing guys like Sean Livingston, Andre Iguodala as well, Quinn Cook. So I mean, completely different team for the most part. A lot of new guys, a lot of new faces on this team. But uh, the core is kind of remains there with the core that they ended up drafting and turning this uh, those draft picks into this five-year excellent run, one of the be- better runs in all of NBA history. So, I mean, the core with Steve Kerr and then Clay Thompson, obviously sidelined, and then Stephen Curry and Draymond Green. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to be too much kind of new faces and then a lot of change going on and then... Too much of a load, in my opinion, to place on Stephen Curry to kind of take them throughout the entire season. But I think he will average 30 points. I think he'll shoot near 50%, probably close to like the 50-40-90 splits, but I don't think he will garner MVP attention or serious MVP attention because they won't be kind of one of the top three four teams in the West. I think they're going to be around the 6th or 7th seed with probably 46 wins, something like that, so... That's going to be what's what hinders him from having any serious MVP contention. So, But he'll definitely be in the top five in voting for MVP, in my opinion. All right, so we agree on that one, and we'll move on to team number two in the Pacific Division. My Los Angeles Clippers, over under 53 wins. What do you think, Rebound? 
Well, I'll start off by saying this. Uh, this is what's going to happen. I, as a Laker fan, I hate to say this, but the Clippers are the best team in the NBA right now. Obviously, landing Kawhi landed them Paul George. And that's, uh, that's what is going to make them. But 53 is pretty damn high. I mean, I would take the over on this, but Paul George is hurt. And that's going to... And that's what's going to hurt them. And Doc Rivers said he's out for at least 30 days. And I don't know what the, what the injury update is on him. But if he's out 30 days, I'm definitely going under. But this is definitely the best team in the NBA, best defensive team. And that, that's what I'm going. I'm going to go like 51, 51, 52 wins. Okay, yeah, I'm taking the slight over here. I'm going to disagree. I mean, I think... Obviously, the Clippers are going to kind of coast in the regular season. They're not really focused on the best best record, and we've seen with their best player Kawhi, he's kind of built that kind of built that into a thing in the NBA, the load management. And then Paul George is going to miss a few, uh, some time coming into the season with his uh, shoulder issues. So, but fully healthy, is this one of the better defense defensive starting lineups in all of the NBA with Beverly Shamit, Paul George? Kawhi Leonard and either Montrez Harrell or, Z- or Ivaka Zubak. What was that? I didn't, I didn't hear you. Is this one of the better defensive starting fives in yeah. all of the NBA? And Zubak is very underrated. Put, put some respect on his name. What's wrong with... I mean, the kid's very young. I mean, he's very raw. He has not shown any... He's shown potential, but he's not shown any solid, consistent signs. Uh, yes, he uh, has. Yes, he has. Zubak is, is definitely the future. Okay, we'll see. I mean, is he good enough to start over Montrez Harrell on opening night? Uh, not over Montrez. Not, Montrez has better defense and better hustle. But they might be better off bringing Montrez off the bench just as a hustle, cause it, just to, to balance it out. Okay, yeah, I mean, all signs point to one of the better seasons for the Clippers. I mean, maybe the best in uh, team history. We'll see how that plays out but uh, a lot of depth here a lot of good defense and what's kind of your opinion on Landry Shamit is he someone that can become a really good 3 and D, 3 and D guy in the NBA I mean uh, this guy's going to be really special I'm a huge fan of him as well I mean I like a lot of players on the Clippers but I obviously don't like the Clippers and Landry Shamit was a really good pickup in the Tobias Harris trade that was a huge pickup and uh, I, was, I was surprised they kept him with the Paul George trade, even though it unloaded a lot. But yeah, this guy's going to be nice. Okay. So you got them going slightly under. I have them going slightly over. I think they're going to be the two seed in the Western Conference when the playoffs roll around. So with that, we'll move on to the third team in the Pacific Division. It's the team right across the hall from the Clippers. Their inner city rival. The Los Angeles Lakers, over under 50 wins rebound. What do you think for your Lakers? This is a tough one. I mean, obviously, this this team, all new players, I mean, besides LeBron and some players from last year, obviously the biggest acquisition is Anthony Davis. And then adding, like, Dwight Howard, Quinn Cook, Jared Dudley, Troy Daniels, bringing back Rondo. And, I mean, this is going to be a good team, but I'm going slightly over at 52 and uh, second place in the West. Okay. Uh, The Warriors had their kind of 
in their kind of seasons where they had their stretch, the the dynasty type seasons, they had their death lineup, their Hamptons five. What's that lineup for the Lakers uh, this season where they roll out in crunch time? Their their five best players. Which five players is it? I really don't know. That's a that's a good question. I mean, just just watching the preseason game and it was Avery Bradley, Danny Green, uh, Javale McGee, LeBron, and I forgot who, who and McGee, Javale McGee, and I forgot who the, and Anthony Davis, of course. That's who it was. The starting lineup. I don't know who the crunch time lineup is going to be. It might change. Uh, I think Kuzma will probably be in there instead of Avery Bradley. I mean, it's probably got to be Danny Green, Kuzma, LeBron, Anthony Davis, but who's the fifth? Rondo probably in that crunch time? What do you think? Uh, I don't know how they're going to use Rondo. I don't, it seems like they didn't even play him today, and I, I don't know what was that, maybe an injury or something, but it seems like LeBron's the point, and then they got Quinn Cook, so I don't know what Rondo's role is in this team. Okay, and then after obviously after losing uh, out on Kawhi uh, as the kind of – they were kind of kind of expecting him to sign. So how do you think they kind of filled out the roster there with some of the role guys? I mean, is it a good mix where, where they can spread the floor and then guys that can play defense as well and mesh alongside their two stars in LeBron and Anthony Davis? What do you think? Yeah, this, was, this is definitely a lot better than last season after just bringing in some other guys. I mean, the one move I didn't like was bringing back Contavious Caldwell-Pope and overpaying him. Worst move, but I mean, his contract is very tradable. I hope they trade his ass as soon as possible. Okay, yeah, and uh, before I give my pick, just another question about the Lakers. Uh, I I was uh, predicting yesterday that Anthony Davis is going to be my MVP pick. So, in regard to that, I mean, have we ever seen before in the NBA in NBA history where kind of a all time legendary superstar type player has kind of taken a backseat and kind of built his game, built a campaign for his star teammate late in his prime or late in his career to win and get him an MVP. Have we ever seen that before? I really don't think we've seen it, but LeBron is definitely willing to take the backseat, but these are just two star players, and I, I don't know how it's going to work out. I mean, we saw this like seven years ago when Dwight came and to the Lakers, and it was Kobe kind of towards the end of his career. And that that really didn't work out. I just hope this isn't like the, that 2.0. Okay. I mean, it seems like uh, these guys are getting along a lot better than Kobe and Dwight Howard did. I think Kobe, from the get-go, immediately said, I think Dwight's the third option on this team right when he came in. Yep, yep. And uh, now th- this, this time around, Anthony Davis and LeBron are having Taco Tuesdays, I believe. Yeah. It's Taco Tuesday. So you've seen LeBron and Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis frequently visitor. It looks like at LeBron's Brentwood home. That's right. So, so I mean, do we see a campaign kind of built around where, I mean, that's really kind of the only thing left on LeBron's kind of career, making kind of grooming someone else into an MVP. I mean, is is he trying to kind of? unprecedentedly trying to do that? What do you think? No, I don't think so. And I, I, I'm going to call this from the, the start before the season starts. LeBron had all off-season the rest. All playoffs didn't make the playoffs. Everyone's talking shit about him that he's falling off, even though he averaged like 28-7-7 seven seven or something around there. 
And he's going to have a B season. He's going to be the MVP. Oh, wow. Okay. Drip. Rehan, rebound, making a big prediction with LeBron getting the MVP. We'll see. I think it's going to be his teammate, Anthony Davis. But back to the over-under number, I think for the regular season purposes, I think the Lakers are going to be the one seed in the West. I have them at 57, 58 wins probably. And I think they'll be over the Clippers probably just slightly by like a few games. They'll be the number one seed going into the playoffs. And I think, uh, as we've seen before, I mean, you give LeBron, I mean, another superstar and then good shooters to kind of spread out with kind of like Danny Green, Quinn Cook. So And we've seen that recipe work for him, as we saw in Miami and then in Cleveland as well. So I think that's going to bode well for the Lakers, and they're going to be number one in the West move going into the playoffs. All right, so we agree on your Lakers rebound, so we'll move on. We've got two more teams left. Next team is the Phoenix Suns, over under 29.5 wins. What do you think? Definitely going under her. Obviously, they added Ricky Rubio. They still have Devin Booker. And, uh, of course, DeAndre Ayton and Kelly Oubre. I mean, but this team is just, you're in the freaking West, and that's that's not you're not going to cut it. And then this thing is not going to work out for the Suns. They're going under by far. It's like 25 wins. Okay. I mean, obviously, built around their young core with Booker, Ayton, and Mikal Bridges. Uh, they added Rubio, like you said. Uh, I'm going to take the slight over here. I think this is kind of, I mean, they've kind of built some continuity here with Booker staying as long as he had. Uh, they have a new coach now in Monty Williams. So, I mean, I think DeAndre Ayton is a, a good compliment to their, the star player in Devin Booker. I mean, Devin Booker's still only 22. It, it feels like he's already been in the league, I think, four or five seasons, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, it's unbelievable. He's still only 22 years old and just only a year, maybe a little more than a year older than second-year center DeAndre Ayton. So that's pretty crazy. But I think they're kind of a good duo. And then in three or four years, they're hopefully going to be a playoff team. But it's still a little bit of a ways to go. But for this season, I'm going to take them slight over. I think 32-33 wins for this Phoenix Suns teams. Probably 11th or 12th place in the Western Conference. All right, so we're down to our last team in the Pacific Division. The Sacramento Kings. Over under 38 rebound. What do you think? Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, they let the, their young player walk, Willie Cauley-Stein, but they added some uh, veterans in Trevor Ariza. they overpaid the shit out of Harrison Barnes. Everyone's talking shit about that. I mean, obviously you got Marvin Bagley, Buddy Heald. I'm going to go slightly over on this one exactly. or Slightly. 40 wins. Okay. I'm going to go push here with the Sacramento Kings at 38. I really like their young core built around... Marvin Bagley, De'Aaron Fox, and Buddy Heald. Yeah, I think you right. get a lot of good uh, versatility there. A lot of compliments with with their all all three of their games. So I think it's going to be super fun to watch all of them, and I think it's going to be super fun to kind of see the Sacramento Kings 
kind of somewhat kind of in the picture again. I mean, not completely yet. Just because of how stacked the West is, I think they're going to be kind of miss out on the playoff picture. But for sure, it should be a fun season for them. And seeing the growth of De'Aaron Fox, Marvin Bagley Jr., and Buddy Heald. So I'm going to take the push at 38 wins. So with that, that'll wrap it up for the Western Conference over-unders for the 2019-2020 NBA season. Rebound, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Z-Ball. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoy the start of the 2019-2020 NBA season next Tuesday and hope you enjoy the entire NBA regular season. I'll be back tomorrow night for Week 7 NFL Scorching Six.